0: Change can feel scary, but it can also be exhilarating. A time to stretch our boundaries, embrace new opportunities, and a chance to start something new. Welcome to Business Unknown with me, Dan Nickel, made just for you by Brightrock. The first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. Hello, welcome to another episode of Business Unknown, made just for you by Brightrock. I'm Dan Nickel and... I- Over the course of the last few weeks, we've been chatting to some fabulous South African business leaders, entrepreneurs, successful people who, like the rest of us, have been navigating their way through the storms that have been brought to us by the coronavirus. Difficult times for everybody, but we've got some wonderful stories, some great counsel from the likes of Greg Maloka, who took us through his radio journey with Kaya fm Ravi Naidu and his sending of people to space and kicking off design in Darba, and the barefoot wine farmer that is Michael Yodar who gave us some great stories of his fascinating career. Today, though, I thought I'd head back to a space I know a little better, that space being sport, and to somebody who has this unnerving ability of always putting a smile on people's faces, uh, particularly uh, 57 million at a time when lifting a rather large trophy. Uh, At that point, uh, sitting, watching the 1995 Rugby World Cup as a Rotary Exchange student in Australia in the small hours of the morning, I was just a massive fan, Like most south africans i'm now incredibly fortunate to call him a good friend and somebody and i think this is probably the link that holds us together closest somebody i have sung alongside with on stage with kurt darren that's an event a little earlier on this year and i can tell you not only is he a fine singer but his footwork on the dance floor suggests he should have been on the wing not on the flank he's one of south africa's favorite sons A good mate of mine and our very special guest today. Hello, Francois Pina.
1: Dan, what an intro. I tell you, you've actually ruined my life because you named the dance floor, the Francois Pina dance floor. And everybody that sees me subsequently takes me back there. I thought I was under the radar until you, with such a massive following, started sharing this. That's intimate stuff, Dan. That's stuff that should stay in the vault.
0: Oh, I I could never do that, Frankie, because it's uh, A, something you're so good at, but B, something you have an enormous amount of fun doing. And I think if there's if there's one aspect of you that characterizes everything you do it's a real sense of enjoyment to go with the purpose that drives you and i think that's probably the best way i can introduce you other than being a a terrific singer and a great dancer is that you're somebody who whether it was on the rugby field or now in your family life in your business life you really have found spaces that you enjoy and that you get such an immense sense of reward from
1: you know, I've been incredibly blessed in my life, Dan. I always just pinch myself. You know, my journey has been phenomenal. Um, I, I think I'm probably the luckiest sportsman alive to have uh, experienced what I did in, in my sporting career. And the pinnacle being sharing a platform with, with Madiba, um, incredible leader, uh, and getting to know him better. But also, you know, doing some stuff with, with great people. Um, and and that's, that's what life is all about. If you surround yourself with, with great people, people that energize you, you can do so much. Uh, you always, I say to my boys, there, there's two kinds of energizer. Well, an energizer and an energizer. Somebody that takes. If you surround yourself with somebody that adds to you and to what you're trying to do, and, and they've got a good, strong moral compass and good values. Then, then life really is a, is, a, is a wonderful journey.
0: It's a journey that for most of the world kicked off in 1995. There was obviously a plenty that happened to you before then, but the world really saw and met Francois Pienaar on that famous day. And it was a day when we saw South Africa at its very, very best you've had a little bit of time to reflect on that day when you go back at it and you you think of the impact that winning that world cup had on south africa beyond just eighty minutes of rugby and a trophy for me it's always an illustration of what's possible in south africa and i always take optimism from looking back at that particular day but would that frame a lot of your recollection
1: yes indeed and it, it came home again last year in japan at the yokohama stadium um, when uh, when President Ramaphosa arrived, uh, I was already there. He saw me and he said to me, Francois, now that you're here, I know we're going to win. And I said to him, Mr. President, did you bring a number six jersey? He says, yes, I did. I said, now I know we're going to win. It was such an emotional experience for me to see Sia running onto the field, wearing a number six jersey, the one that I was lucky enough uh, to wear. And uh, that victory was just, um, was just insane. The whole experience was insane. Uh, when you've, uh, when you've been there, and you know how they feel beforehand, you're so nervous, you're so tense because you get this one opportunity to make your country incredibly proud. And, and the way they did it was just phenomenal. So when they came back to South Africa, um, I saw them on the Sunday night at, at the gala dinner and um, I said to them, you, will, you, you don't know what's going to happen when you get back to our country. You have no idea um, the reaction you'll have from, from the fans. And, and I actually went and stood on, in the streets of Cape Town when the bus come, came past. It was just just wonderful scenes. I think it was Trevor and Yankanya that saw me, and he, he sees me standing in the road, cheering them on, and he just started shouting, ah! and he called the guys over, and it was such a special feeling, and, it's a, and that's what sport does. You know, sport has that power to, to unite people like, like Little Elf does.
0: It also has the power to kickstart life in very unexpected ways. And it's put you on a journey now that's gone far beyond just playing rugby and offered you leadership opportunities beyond just captaining a team. And I'd like to move into those in just a second, but I'm distracted as I suspect you are as well by the immediate surrounds and some fabulous food. We're once again, uh, fortunate to have Bertus Besson drop off uh, a couple of uh, rather nice boxes of the Gourmet fare for which he is so celebrated. How important is uh, food and, uh, and, and this sort of enjoyment in the life of Francois Pina?
1: Vital. I think in family life. Can I just quickly show everybody my, my spread here? Um, Please I do. all out. I warmed it up. I'm sure you did the same. I've got Battles' book. book there. Um, so just a big shout out to, to Battles for the wonderful food and also all the restaurateurs that are going through such tough times. It's just a terrible environment for them. Just a shout-out to all of them and, and let's, let's buy food whenever we can from, from, from the people in the restaurant trade um, and people that are battling in, in, in this um, environment. Food is vitally important. Sitting down at night with a family around a, a table with, with great food and having meaningful conversations is what the Pina family is all about. Now, my, my boys are really strong-minded and, and I, I always encourage them to do critical thinking and not group thinking. So we, we've had the strongest debates around this table. And sometimes we would leave the table saying, we're not agreeing with one another. At one stage, my youngest son, we were just having a a strong debate, and and I said to him, Stefan, let's just agree to disagree. He looked at me and says, Dad, no, we just disagree. I sat back and I, I said, wow. I said, because if I'm saying let's agree to disagree, I'm patronizing you. He says, yes, you are, Dad. He says, I don't agree with you on the subject. And that's it. You know, We left the table not angry with one another. We just said, on this Topic, yeah, we don't have a meeting of minds.
0: It sounds like a great place to drop in for an evening, and I would do so for the food alone. But the added bonus would be to be part of those debates, part of those conversations. And I'd like to steer the conversation towards the life after rugby, because in our, our current space here in South Africa, we've got a lot of people who are feeling very unsettled, very uncertain, and leadership is a, is a big part of that. We need leadership. We need to be leaders ourselves. The transition you made from rugby into life thereafter, you, you could simply Been Francois Pienaar World Cup winning captain and coasted through the rest of life on the back of that and done so comfortably and and probably justifiably to the rest of the world, if not to yourself. How did you make that jump off the rugby field and into the business world? And how difficult was the transition?
1: Not difficult at all, um, Dan, because we were amateurs. People forget in 1995, the game was still amateur. I've learned subsequently that some of the guys were on contracts. Now, 20 years later, they're spilling the beans. but in those days, we, we, were, ge- we were generally amateur, um, um, most of us. So we had to work. Uh, I had a trading business, and I used to train in the morning, and then I used to go and work to pay the mortgage, and in the evening you'd go and train with the team, and on the weekends you'd play in front of 50,000 people. Yes, we got some money in an envelope, but not, not you know, it was, it was good to, uh, when you were a student, fantastic, you, know, you, could, you could spend the whole week on that money. So we had to uh, actually equip ourselves before the World Cup in business, and it was just a natural flow. Um, after after '95, the game did turn professional, so I played a bit of professional rugby. Um, uh, left South Africa to, to go to Saracens, where I then became player coach, and then the CEO of the business. So I, I learned quite a bit um, about running businesses. Came back to South Africa and went into the corporate world first, and, and the last eleven years I've been I've been running my own businesses. So it's a it's a skill. Luckily, that I was forced to uh, to, to learn uh, right after university. Um, And it's something that I I actually keep telling the young sports people is to have a a skill outside of the sport because the sport will stop. Um, You you might be very lucky and it might stretch for a long time and and the guys are earning uh, quite decent money now. So if they're really sensible, it's a great platform for them to start. But they will go from earning there to earning here in no time whatsoever. And so their lifestyle would be at a certain level. you just got to be very prudent in how you manage that and look after your your finances. So, luckily, uh, I was taught to do that um, off the bat. and didn't have to learn it later.
0: The success stories are generally the ones that we hear about, but it's the challenges, the failures, the bumps in the road that I think we learn the most from. Uh, Can you think back to the the earlier days of your business career and and a particular challenge you faced, a particular time when things didn't go so well that you had to navigate?
1: Oh, plenty. Um, You know, I, I was like, I was forced to do it from a very early age, at the age of 15. I, I was out there um, trying out stuff. And, and when people say no, that's the most difficult thing, you know, when you just get a flat no. Uh, it's, that's the most difficult thing to compute and work against. It's just don't take no for an answer. Find another way. You know, think about why there's a no. Understand that no and turn it into a yes. And that would always be the most difficult thing. And you mentioned something that you learn from, from mistakes because you have to. If you don't learn from mistakes, then how do you grow? Uh, I've been actually criticised once when I said I've learned just as much from winning, than I had, than I've learned from from losing. And people said, "But how's this?" I said, "Because sometimes you win, and you don't go and think, why did this really happen?' and unpack it. And sometimes you were just lucky. You know, there was just, or well, sometimes you were really smart in your positioning and you were innovative in your thinking. So it's a combination of those, both those. But never, never keep on trying. You know, and you've, you've got to have, you got to have a dream, and, and that's that's what it's all about. You, you've got to have." What, what does success look like? What is that dream and, and how do I get there? So then you build your, your game plan and game plan A and B. And when you get a no and, and you fail, understand why. But if you win, also understand why you've won. Very important.
0: You mentioned having a dream there. If I think back to one of our earlier meetings when I still called you Mr. Pinar and Stutter. ...slightly when you looked back in my direction uh, and then went home to look fawningly upon the Francois Pina posters I had up on my bedroom wall as a uh, 23-year-old. I remember you telling me about this vision you had for this university, rugby, college, sports space. You were gonna get the universities together. They were all going to play. It was gonna be as big as it was in America. And I remember thinking, well, this is Mr. Pienaar, so I can't tell him that he's an idiot because this is never going to work. So I'll just smile politely and say, oh, it sounds like a very good idea, Mr. Pienaar, uh, and then hope that he didn't collapse too ignominiously in public. Uh, There were a lot of people who went a step further and told you, yeah, nice idea, Francois, never gonna happen in South Africa. You went out. Anyway, I know you spent a lot of time in America and you decided you were going to make this work. And of, of all the post-95 triumphs you've had, creating this varsity sports space is, I suspect, not just the most successful, but also the one that means the most to you.
1: You rightly uh, said that there was a lot of no's, a lot of naysayers. And again, coming back to your previous question, it won't work. You know? These guys won't endorse it. Um, it's not the right platform. The youth is our future. And we didn't have a space for the youth to express their their talents on on the sports field. Because oftentimes they they don't develop as well as they should or as fast as they can at school. They do it just post-school. But then they've missed that opportunity. And we've created that space, development space, for for, for the young, uh, talented South Africans to actually express themselves. And uh, I'm so proud of what we've done in varsity sports, varsity club rugby, football. Netball has just gone ballistic in the last six years. We do it in athletics, we do it in sevens, we tried beach volleyball um, and and we failed. So it's not all about successes. Uh, We're now trying basketball and and it's starting to get some nice traction. But really proud of what we've managed to achieve uh, in giving people an opportunity to transform their sports and uh, as a trampoline for talent. So many of these youngsters would never have had the opportunity to go into a high level and sign professional contracts if it wasn't for the fact that they were seen, their talent was seen, uh, at a stage when they were fully developed.
0: I still remember that very first Varsity Super Bowl up in Pretoria where you very kindly gave me the job of emceeing the event and I had uh, lots of very irate fans asking why my Afrikaans was quite so bad, if not non-existent entirely. When you had that first event, it was just a few days on the same field, a couple of rugby teams. Uh, the vision was certainly to make it something big and special. Did you believe it would have got quite as big as it has today?
1: Well, then, if we stopped then, it would not have happened because it wasn't a success. You know, we had this vision of a Super Bowl, which is almost like the old Toyota Club Championships. Uh, over a weekend, a festival of rugby, of youth rugby, fast, exciting rugby, and it didn't work. Um, so we tried two, three years, and it didn't work. And then, then we said, if if we don't do this, then that the platform will never be there. Um, did I expect it to be? No, I was hoping, I really was hoping that it would be um, as successful as, as it is today, but I, I didn't know. You know. I was so nervous in the in the, uh, the first final, first, the first semifinals and final. Um, would it be the rugby that we wanted? You know, Would it attract the crowds that we, we hoped it would? It was spectacular. And both semifinals went down to the wire. And the final, UCT Marties at, at Marty's, which was a controversy because uh, the rules that we, we, we designed for it was that if you don't have certain minimum criteria, you can't host a final at home. And Unfortunately, Ike Tigers didn't have those minimum criteria, so they had to forfeit the game and go play away, although they were leading, they were top of the pops. What an incredible final, and after that final, I knew we got something here.
0: In the spirit of celebration, I'm going to uh, diverge again once again, because we've got here from Bertus some fabulous gnocchi uh, that he's done for us. In fact, I've got my... Uh, my bowl of it trade out of the oven here, um, which uh, I'm going to have a taste of because this it's looks nice. absolutely terrific, and uh, ooh, it's uh, well plated. You've done a you've done a sterling job there, Mister Pina.
1: I told you, eating is very important in our household, and and <laughs> you eat is is critical.
0: Oh, mm. this is superb. Of course, uh, as, uh, as pleasant as it is to be doing this uh, in our different parts of the country, uh, ideally we'd be sitting at Overture itself uh, and looking out over the rolling hills of Stellenbosch and one of the great views in an area that is full of them. We can't be doing that now, but uh, it does remind me of being at Overture uh, and reminds me of the beauty of South Africa. And I think it's something you and I definitely have in common. We've spent an enormous amount of time traveling to different parts of the world. We've been very fortunate in that. I always feel though that when I get back from South Africa to South Africa, no matter where I've been, I'm reminded that there's a reason I call this home, and there's a reason why, for all our many challenges, uh, it's not a country I have any desire to say goodbye to on a, a permanent basis.
1: I'm so with you on that. Um, we, we're so we we so blessed where we live here in Cape Town. You know, lockdown wasn't the chore. i got the most beautiful view of of the ocean, and like I said, with with a family. And at the beginning, I, I said there's three things that's going to happen. You know, we're going to learn a lot about ourselves during this time because we're going to reflect a lot about us as human beings and our, where we are in the world as business people, as a family man, as a dad, as a husband. We're going to learn a lot about our families um, because families being in close proximity uh, and also missing family where people couldn't get um, their the kids out of America or they had to be quarantined somewhere else. And we're going to learn a lot about humanity. Uh, so many great stories that I've seen, Then, in people rallying to help the poor and the vulnerable. and, And sports stars, including yourself, people have gone out to go and help the poor and the vulnerable. Those are such incredible images and so powerful of what this country is all about, us standing together and going to help one another to build a better
0: future. It it speaks to that general sense of Ubuntu, which has become, I think, a a slightly hackneyed term. And we we use it without remembering what it actually really means. Uh, And it's something that's never been needed more in South Africa. You talk about family. There are a huge number of our fellow South Africans at the moment who are worried about their families, worried about how they feed them, how they house them, how they look after them. What are the words of comfort that Francois Pinot, the father, the husband, the family man, but also Francois Pinot, the business leader, looking after your own employees, your own staff? What can you say that might ease some of those fears, ease some of those worries of people who are trying to get through some really uncertain times?
1: I'll tell a story Uh, that worries me a a lot and then also that that encourages me um the the best thing i think i've done in my life is i started the make a difference leadership foundation 18 years ago we look look after bright young leaders that's going to just change this country Uh, but it's values-based leadership because you get leadership and values-based leadership there's a big difference between the two Um, and because of the lockdown our kids had to go back to their homes we we look we, we support 300 at the moment. We've we've got 80 that went through university, high school and university, and one through Harvard. He now sits on on our, on our board, and I'm learning so much from these young, smart uh, leaders. But I, I got a note from one of the ladies um, saying that she's scared she's going to lose her scholarship because she's she's living in a garage with eight people, and she can't study um, as as well as, as she wanted to. Uh, so you you know you you don't understand if you if you don't get exposed to these things, you don't understand the need out there. Luckily, we we are feeding, we're helping. And then I look at what the rugby fraternity is doing in feeding people, what the cricket fraternity is doing in feeding people, what the soccer fraternity is doing in feeding and helping people. And that's the message. The message is not from me. The message is from those people in terms of reaching out, in terms of caring, in terms of listening, in terms of wanting to help people get through this so we can be stronger. What we did as a business is we said three things. First of all, uh, plan for the worst and hope for the best. We, we hope it's not a strategy, but maybe it was, and this is going back in March and, and April, because we didn't know, you know who to trust, because trust in the world is broken. You know, who do you trust? Who can you trust? What leaders uh, can you trust? So we said plan for the worst and, and hope for the best. Second is innovation, 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 as much as you can, pivoting, and we did. But you know, we, the, our clothing business, we turned into uh, making masks, um, at least so we can keep, keep on going. Um, I'm involved, I'm the chairman of the the Sunlam Cape Town Marathon, we've turned that into uh, a virtual race, but a virtual race with a difference. You're going to download the app, you're going to track your route where you are running in the world, and it's going to plot you on the the route in Cape Town. So we just did some innovative stuff. and Our our, our sponsors have been fantastic. On the varsity sports side, we said no normal sports this year. It's not going to happen. It's it's not going to be normal. If it comes back, it's going to be abnormal. How do we plan for that? So we looked at some innovative stuff, and we still are thinking of when the new normal will arrive, um, I think it's going to take longer. And then batten down the hatches as a business. You know, you, you don't want to retrench people. It's the last thing you want to do. And, and the sad thing is, you know, we paid bonuses in March and now we have to cut wages. And you're looking at your people you're saying, you know, you want to say, I'm sorry, but you don't know what to say sorry for. Because everybody in the world, if you the, in these industries, you are in the same position, you know, it's, we're not alone. Um, so it's going to take leadership. It's going to take courage. It's going to take communication. And you've got to have the size of actions. Um, so it'll come. It'll come out in, in, in the next couple of months. Um, who has acted well in in, in this crisis? Who's led well?
0: I think one of the attributes we all need to display more of, and you've said so in uh, in not so many words, is is to be kinder to each other. And it's uh, a problem right around the world. It's also, uh, I think, in South Africa, I often get the sense that we're, we're a bipolar nation. We win a Rugby World Cup. We get an Olympic gold medal. We uh, see South Africa in the headlines around the world, and we're dancing in the streets and popping champagne corks or it's the worst country in the world, it's full of corruption, I can't take it anymore. We never seem to have a middle ground. We're either a real high or a real low. How do we turn that around? How do we be more acceptant to the fact that we are going to have bad days, uh, appreciate the good days, uh, and realize that there has to be a mix of the sort?
1: What is your intention? Is it to build or to break? And If you look at the financial crisis, bad leadership, greed, terrible leadership and greed broke the world again. So the people that that want to build a world and create a better future for everyone, they're the ones that we need support. And they're the ones that need to get our votes. And they're the ones that need, we need to carry on, on, on our hands, because their intention will be values-based, and their intention will be to grow and, and, not, and not, to, not to break.
0: It's a sentiment I couldn't agree more with. It's a philosophy we need to embrace and celebrate. And on the subject of building things, uh, I'm in the process of building myself a moss bollocky sandwich uh, with some uh, beautiful Richard Bossman cured sausage, because Richard is just one example of this extraordinary wealth of talent that we have in South Africa, not just uh, extra large versions of Matt Damon who can win Rugby World Cups or uh, business leaders who can uh, start uh, electric cars or take over top talk shows in New York. Just on a day-to-day basis, we've got artisans, we've got people who are so incredibly good in their space, as good as anybody in the world, And that's probably an extension of the sentiment that we've just been discussing, celebrating those sorts of people, patting ourselves on the back and remembering that in so many spaces, South Africa is world class. Uh, We've traveled.
1: We've been very fortunate to travel, you and I. Um, And you come back and the cuisine in our country, the wines in our country, it's just world, world class. Um, It's just the most amazing place. We are resilient and we are innovative. yeah, I just feel though for the the people that have really been been uh, damaged by by COVID, and if I'm a little bit uh, uh, sweaty, I, I think I'm on the back end of it. I've, I've actually um, had it for, for the last week, and it's definitely not not the flu. Um, but then you, you also look at our our our, uh, um, our artists. I mean, they will run out if you just go to some of the. I don't want to drop names here because then you seem to. Be favouring one over the other, but I know a number of artists, and you go to um, to their foundries and stuff. It's just incredibly talented stuff that we're making in this country. And if you look at our, our business people uh, and how they've built businesses, and if you look at the talent that's left South Africa uh, that has gone in in into the global stratosphere, as you've as you just just mentioned, it's 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 a country that's delivering it's delivering some unique stuff.
0: We have lots to celebrate, but we also have a time that is enormously challenging and we're certainly uh, not uh, ignorant of that particular fact. Generally, you are as optimistic and upbeat a person as I know, as I said in the introduction. Uh, taking into account the, the reality of the world we're currently living in, both globally and here in South Africa, on a, a one to 10, how upbeat is Francois Pienaar that in two, three years' time, we'll have a, a South Africa that is a place that is, is working better, is feeling more upbeat, is back on its feet, and is heading in the right direction?
1: I think next year will be a tough year. Uh, people are hoping that next year, I think the, the reset will be in, in, in 2022 when things will start to normalize and all the engines will start rolling. So I think it's going to, it's going to take a, a bit longer. Um, but under the right leadership and incredible focus, um, there's mm, serious issues we need to tackle. Corruption is one of them. It's it's unacceptable. Uh, we need to see people taken to book. It's just unacceptable what's happening in corruption. You can't imagine now in the worst time of our country that people – are stealing when it comes to feeding the poor and the PPE systems and it's just wrong and people need to be taken to because if there's no consequence why would people stop doing that it boils down to 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 leadership and and focus and what will success look like so am i optimistic yes i am but i I, like many people would like to see some action um, on on the stuff that i've that i've i've mentioned here Nobody's been brought to book. And somebody now, I know that it was broken down. The National Prosecuting Authority was totally broken down. I guess it took some time to to, to build up because um, the bad guys also have money to buy the best lawyers. Um, so you need to have a good case when you, when you take the case to court. But I, I would like to see some action on that front.
0: I won't. I going to ask you about President Pinar and when the process thereof begins, but I will ask you as we come to the end of what's been both a fascinating conversation and a, a lovely meal, albeit one had uh, one and a half thousand kilometers apart, to go first back to your rugby career and then to reflect over the last couple of decades in the commercial world to give us a leadership lesson a leadership thought that you took from rugby and that you took from business that our leaders of today can take themselves learn from and hopefully apply to their own particular worlds
1: um winning starts on monday You know, you don't win a game on Saturday. Winning starts on Monday. It's all about your preparation, your uh, obsession with detail and all the hard work that you put in to go and win because on a Saturday in rugby, you've got execution Saturday. You've got 80 minutes to execute your game plan. And if you don't execute it in those 80 minutes, you lose. There's no use complaining afterwards about a bad decision here or there. You've got to change it in the game whilst the game is happening. And it's, it's about people. And those people have got different... Um, personalities. It's how do you get the best out of those people leading into the game? Because in the g- days when we play, we were amateurs, as, as I said, and you could see sometimes in training that 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 just not there. But maybe there's something wrong in his business or maybe there's something wrong in his, in his personal life. You know, you've know, got to get him to focus for only 18 minutes because you've got to execute. So when he starts on Monday and you've got to be brave enough to make decisions um, in, in 18 minutes to, to change the game, and no complaints afterwards because it's done. Um, so I learned that, that preparation in, in sport is, is key and personalities will always differ. And it's how you get everybody to focus uh, on executing the game plan incredibly well is, is vital. On, on the business front, then um, Harry Falloon, who coached me as a youngster for Transvaal, then the Lions, gave me a book about success, and it's about the four Ds. Uh, the first one is desire. What do you really want? And it's, it's, not, it's something that wakes you up in the middle of the night and you know, excited and scared almost at the same time. Um, so what is your desire? Determination is why. Why do you want to do this? If you don't have a determination, then the desire is not fueled the whole time. A dedication, how? Your game plan. Game plan A, B, and sometimes even a C to ensure that, you know, you, you can get to that desire. And then the most important one out of all four is discipline. You have to have the discipline to do it. And you know, if, you, if you actually look at sport, uh, uh, I always look at Muhammad Ali, he's one of my kings. Uh, Muhammad Ali, Bruce Lee, Elvis Presley, and Nelson Holi, Klatla, Mandela. is look at their discipline. Incredible discipline. You know, it's just, and then you saw other people with more talent or as much talent. They just didn't have that discipline. Um, so I've, I've applied that in, in, in business. Um, and then you know as as, as a family man, uh, I had one of the greatest quotes given to me by uh, by by a close friend: "Children are the great mimics in the world. Are you worth mimicking?"
0: That's a very, very good I'm actually thinking about that now, uh, partly because my son likes to pretend uh, he's on my television show and sits on the couch hosting people uh, but it also they uh, uh, they are the people who you've chosen to bring into the world, and it's up to you to uh, to be as a, as good a parent and good a person as you can so it's a it's a simple one, but that's a that's a very good one to think about and ruminate on fro. It's uh, an extraordinary life that you've led and you are more aware of that than any and it is one, uh, one worth celebrating. It's certainly a story that isn't finished. I know there are many more chapters to be written. But, but in celebration of the story to date and the, to finish off what's been a, a lovely, lovely time spent with you, we've got a little extra here. I'm going to reach over it from, uh, from Mr. Besson. Uh, and these look rather good. Uh, some chocolate bonbons. Um, and I think that... Uh, even two athletes like ourselves, Francois, can allow ourselves a little indulgence uh, and a little chocolate to finish off what's well, been... Are you going for the fudge?
1: I'm going to go for the fudge. While you have the bonbon, um, I need a bit of sugar. Um, yeah, I'm going to go for the, for the fudge.
0: All right. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to ask you to finish off as we, uh, as we wrap up with these uh, and go back one more time uh, to that quite extraordinary rugby career of yours and ask you to reflect for us not the game, not the immediate aftermath, but what it felt like to wake up the morning after the game, pinch yourself, uh, ask a few people if it had really happened, and then think, you know what, we're world champions, and I lifted that trophy. And um, I tore my calf
1: uh, towards the end of the game, and um, I didn't want to play extra time because, I mean, it was sore, but the coaches said to me, no, you're you still on the field, and, and, and I did. <laughs> Listen, I was terrible. If you go and look at the videos, I missed tackles because I, I couldn't run. And that night is, is quite painful. So uh, it's, it started throbbing. I knew there was something wrong. Um, funny story, uh, Joel and myself with our two ladies, there wasn't a car to take us to uh, – we wanted to go to Rattlesnake's uh, diner where some of our friends were. So we hitchhiked. And we literally stood outside of the hotel and we hitchhiked. And this guy came past in a, in a Jetta, and stopped. And you, you, should, you couldn't believe his eyes. It's like, this is it. Hey, can you give us a lift? Um, we went there. I, I felt, no, this, this thing is sawn, And I came back, and Noreen and, and fell asleep. But I, I couldn't sleep, partly because it was quite painful. But I was still on, a, on such a high. You just float. You know, you just float the whole time. You, just, you don't realize almost what has happened. And then even months afterwards, you start thinking back. Shoshalosa. What is the significance of Shoshalosa and how powerful it was before extra time? She says, "How did that happen?" You know, you start trying to figure this out, and still, twenty-five years later, you float back, and you just—it puts the biggest smile on 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 my dial. Does. Very blessed.
0: Well, you put uh, 57 million smiles in place. I think there were uh, four million you wiped off faces in the uh, small island of New Zealand, but we'll take the ones from South Africa very happily. Uh, Francois, thank you so much. Uh, I always love spending time with you, uh, but today's been extra special. Not just for some great Birtles person food, there were some terrific stories and recollections, and hopefully putting a few smiles on faces today as well, because we're sorely in need of them in South Africa at the moment i and- we're resilient people. We've faced a lot in the past. We'll face more in the future. I think this has asked some particularly demanding questions, uh, but hopefully, if not actual answers, uh, then today's time with you has helped people to, to gain a little perspective and possibly a little optimism and encouragement as, uh, as we keep soldiering on through these times. So thank you for the time. Good luck with the recovery and shrugging off the last of the COVID. Uh, enjoy the rest of this superb Burtus Besson lunch. Uh, keep being Francois Pienaar because you do a very good job. Job of it and uh, I look forward to not just our next conversation uh, but hopefully sharing a glass of wine and possibly a dance floor as well in the not too distant future.
1: Dan thank you very, uh, very much for having me it's been a, it's been a blast and, and to Baptist, um for the great food And like I said, to everybody in South Africa, stay safe and be sensible.
0: This has been Business Unknown with me, Dan Nicol, made just for you by Brightrock. And we'll be back again next week for some more great food and another fabulous South African giving us a couple of reasons to smile and to believe in these very challenging times. Thank you. And goodbye. Thank you for listening to Business Unknown with Dan Nicol. This show was made just for you by Brightrock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes.